What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. Well, it's all about otters today. We were talking before the break about telling the otters to leave home was a really big mistake. It's the latest book in the Abbey Rose and Magic Suitcase series by Neil Humphreys, our regular co-host here on Money FM. And now we're speaking to N. Sivasotti, the otter man. He's a senior lecturer with the Department of Biological Services or Sciences at the National University of Singapore. Welcome to Money FM. Morning, John. Glad to be here. I'm, I'm delighted he's here because he's a real hero of mine. This is the original Ottoman, okay? We cannot underestimate how famous this man is. And just to give the uh, Siva a quick introduction, I first came across Siva in 2003. My wife and I, and I still don't know how, we stumbled upon the Raffles Museum of Biodiversity. And mm. it was very small then. It was like a shoe cupboard, really. It was really, really small. Not, not disparaging it. And I still don't know how we were there, <laughs> right, in, in NUS. Right. And I discovered in this museum that we had crocodiles in Singapore. And I remember this vividly. I laughed out loud. Don't be ridiculous. What is this, Australia? Do me a favour. So I wrote a column about it because I had a humour column yeah, in a national that's newspaper. Right. I remember it well, yeah. Didn't think anything more about it. But, of course, you forget how big and how large your audience is. Mm. So I gave a really big platform to this museum, you yeah. know, this, this quite small museum at NUS, not knowing that the gentleman beside me ran that museum mm. and was rather grateful for the publicity. And then that's how we started connecting. Oh, wow, yeah, and I've been wow. following the Otter Man ever since. Well, it's fantastic that you've written about otters in your book. And now we have a, an expert here in the studio to tell us about otters. And I'm going to ask a lot of basic questions because I've obviously discovered otters through my daughter, who's eight years old. And, uh, you know, we walk around Singapore and we see them quite regularly in you know, waterways. You know, I remember seeing them at Marina Bay area. I think East Coast, I've seen, seen them as well. So just explain to me how the otters got here and how native are they to Singapore? The otters were always here in the past and then they disappeared with all the landscape changes. Uh, but luckily for us, they were still in Malaysia. Ah, okay. They would pop by to visit once in a while. It's the rare bird watcher who would see them. Uh, and then reported one sliding on a mud bank. And that would be at Sungai Below? That was at Sungai mm. Below a long time ago. And so we, we expected one day they would come back. And the best place along our coast at the time was Sungai Below. Mm. And they did return in 98. They had kids. And um, then as more and more of our coast stabilised, um, these were really great, clean waterways, uh, stocks with a lot of fish. So more and more hopped over. So they naturally came back. Yes, they naturally came back. Mm. And uh, people who used the coast, maybe a windsurfer mm. or a fisherman mm. would, would ride in and say, hey, we saw this. Is it a seal? Uh, what's going on? And then we'll explain it. Uh, but then that little secret uh, was uncovered in 2014. Really? When they turned up at Marina Bay, mm. uh, it could not be a secret anymore. Everyone was following over their feet, looking at it. So we, we decided we better set up some signs. And so we said, watch from a distance. Mm. Yeah. Because with that handphones, they were peering more at their handphones, getting closer and closer. Yeah. And the thing is, with all wild animals, you want to give them space. Mm. Then you get to watch them longer. And so the Minister of National Development, uh, Common One, actually wrote about it in his Facebook page. Is that right? Is yeah, that right? and then everyone started seeing them mm. up Singapore River, up Kalang River, and they mm. were having a wonderful time. And you've uh, recently hosted a, uh, a conference, haven't you, or a visit of, of people from around the region talking about otters from the ASEAN region and beyond. Can you tell us about that? Well, two years ago, we had uh, the International Otter Congress in Singapore, and the chair, Nicole Duplay, was determined to bring it to Singapore because she just her mind was just blown from all the photos that are being shared on Facebook uh, in you know sites like Otter Watch, mm. and it, that was a really great idea. 
and they all camped out. Some of them, on the last day when they were leaving, brought their suitcases and followed the otters along Kalang River. <laughs> it, <laughs> was, right? it was the most exciting time of their lives because they may have worked for two or three decades and only seen signs of them. Mm. And here they were right at their feet. It was incredible. I mean, I'm still surprised when I see otters that close because mm. I used to follow them at night upwind without mm. a light mm. So because the mirrors peak and they, they'll be gone. And, and this was phenomenal. So when they were formulating the global plan, they say, let's get all the people in Asia down, uh, review the plan and look at what could happen in future at cities around the world. So Singapore cleaned up. When I was in St. Andrew's School at Porong Pasir, that was a black river. Mm, yeah. mm. It was called the Dead Chicken River by the residents. So you're talking like 70s, 80s here. Yeah, yeah. so mm. this was in the 70s. Mm. And as they put forward, the government put forward a concerted effort to clean up. Uh, we never did think about wildlife returning. Right. Uh, really? But then along with the cleanup was sloping blanks in many places, mm. uh, bankside vegetation. Mm. So the greening and blueing provided a receptacle for when they would decide to return and, you know, return they did. And it's not just the otters that have returned. Some animals have done extremely well. The red jungle fowl is everywhere. Yes. The straw-headed boo-boo, which is really rare in Southeast Asia because people catch it as a songbird, it's turned up in campers in NUS. Wow. It's stretched across through all the green corridors. And so when the international otter group was sitting down at Pasiris Park, mm. <clears throat> um, watching the otters that swam down the mangrove and drying themselves, you know, squirming like Neil is going to do on the sandbanks. Mm. They were just sitting there and just soaking it in. We had a long schedule. We just dumped it and we just left them to enjoy it and soak it in. And they were really rejuvenated. So that meeting, we hope, is not going to be the last. We want to bring them back uh, for future meetings in Singapore. What the interesting thing about that was, uh, Jason, these otter experts came to me after sp- having this life-changing experience with otters. It was a bit of an anticlimax <laughs> to listen to an Ugmore talk about children's books for 15 minutes. But I, I must stress, I cannot stress enough for the benefit of our listeners, the point that Siva made there. These are otter experts who have studied them, mm. worshipped them mm. for three decades mm. in some cases. Mm-hmm. And in one or two instances, had never seen an otter in the wild mm. before. Mm-hmm. They come to Singapore, they see them twice in one day. They see them at Passeris Park and they saw them at Marina Bay. Marina Bay, right. Mm-hmm. So twice mm-hmm. in one day. Yeah. I mean, these guys were close to tears. So I think it's so important to emphasize that we as Singapore residents should never take them for granted or the work that SIVA does because. What I wanted to ask Siva now is it's not just about what Malaysia does negatively. Mm. It's what Singapore also does positively, which is Siva organises uh, island-wide coastal cleanups, yep. clean up the beaches, clean up mm. the ri- waterways, the rivers and so on. What should Singaporeans do or can do to ensure we keep our otters? Well, they've come back because of many positive things we did. Mm. Uh, but the areas that they are using are restricted mm-hmm. to the areas that are the best suited for them. Mm. So uh, we need to look at how we do urban design uh, to be make it more favourable for wildlife. And people like this because they like going. Bishan Amokyo Park, with its naturalised waterway, is a 
is a site which the managers get compliments about. Mm. We're used to getting complaints, right? Yes, But yes. compliments, uh, Bishan Amonkyo Park, that used to be a canal. Mm-hmm. We naturalised it. So we are hoping and we are like telling the government every chance we have, we want to see more of this. Mm. There are a lot of parallels actually with my hometown of Sydney, Australia. And when I was at school in the 70s, it was absolutely polluted, Sydney Harbour. And they've cleaned it up, and the same thing's happening there as well with, uh, you know, wildlife and uh, marine life River coming Thames back. in yeah, London River was Thames the same. As well, where the when, only when thing they found up. in River Thames was dead bodies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still get one or two, yes. but now there's a lot more wildlife yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So we got parallels from London where Neil was kind of grew up and, and Sydney where I grew up. So it's fantastic, I think. Here in Singapore, we have uh, this rejuvenation of, uh, of wildlife. Uh, can you talk more about some of the efforts that you're doing uh, to clean up and, and work with the otters? Well, there's um, um, around the world, uh, rivers pour rubbish out into the sea mm. and this move around. So marine litter is a global problem. Yes. Um, and and it's, it's really amplified by the typhoon in Hong Kong. Yes, we saw it's it. It's also mm. from the kind of materials we use, things like styrofoam. They break up into thousands and millions and, mm. and billions of pieces. It looks like snow. snow uh, covering. Yeah, 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 I saw yeah. that. So yeah. we, we get scenes which uh, the average Singaporean doesn't often see these are in non-recreational beaches mm. where nobody goes. Yeah. And the uh, trash could be so thick in the past that nothing could grow. Mm. And over decades, because of uh, regular efforts by volunteers around Singapore, uh, we now have mangroves rejuvenating. But the problem is not gone. It's still there. Every high tide, trash is piling up. And during the monsoon, you'll see certain areas get more of it. Uh, other areas get less of it. And so when you look at what the trash is made up of, it's single-use consumer plastic. Single-use. Yeah, so I really applaud all these groups that are, you know, trying to target zero waste, uh, trying to cut down on straws and plastic Mm. use and promoting bring bring your own. Yeah. Because the ocean and, you know, albatrosses are way out there in the middle of the Pacific and we've reached them with plastic and they are feeding Mm. chicks Mm. Uh, things that they think are fish that they're picking up from the water but are now suspended materials Mm. of plastic Mm -hmm. and and the animals are dying out of sheer hunger so the reach of man is incredible Mm. but the good news is if we fix the problem in the cities uh, and those ideas spread around the world uh, we will see a definite improvement well, I mean, I've seen some of the mess that gets caught in the mm. mangroves when I've gone around those areas for my books. And you do see things that began life in our coffee shops, in our hawker centres, the styrofoam boxes, sometimes mm. still in their plastic bags, yeah, yeah. Uh, those kind of things. My, my daughter and I has actually made a video with BYO Singapore, Bring mm. Your Own Singapore, and I cannot advocate that enough to every tight-fisted Kiasu Singaporean <laughs> out there listening who's just like me. Let me tell you why you should take your own Tupperware or whatever it is mm. to coffee shops, mm. as I do every time. Yep. First thing is, the auntie loves you mm. because you're saving them a styrofoam box, yes. right? Yep. Second thing is, because you're saving them a styrofoam box, they give you extra food, <laughs> and I'm tight-fisted and cheap. So every time I go to a hawker centre... I pass on the right environmental message. I don't pollute the oceans or the rivers and I get extra Mm. food for free. That's great. What more incentive do you want to bring your own Mm. Singapore? So it's very important. Siva did a recent coastal cleanup and this is the positive aspect. How many volunteers did you have for that cleanup? 
Oh, every year about 3,500 people will Wonderful. sign up. Wow, and fantastic. actually, you know, Singapore is so small, we have to manage it so that they all don't step over each other's oh, feet. Oh, that's great. And then there are people who are saying, can we still join? And we're oh, we kind of mm. run out of space. <laughs> so, but it's not just a single event. Mm. Uh, there are events throughout the year. And now, to my great excitement, there are a variety of groups out there. There's Guardians of Mother Earth, Little Green Men, uh, Green Nudge, uh, Trash Heroes, which has a cleanup every fortnight. They're really determined to deal with the problem along the shore to relieve marine life immediately mm. so that they can flourish. And our course us recruiting marine life. They're coming back. Yeah. So they're not going to be as glorious as it was yeah. when we first started out. Mm. But that's such a big hope for the of future. Course. Through, through the 80s and 90s, I saw a lot of loss. Mm. And quite frankly, I didn't, it was about fighting to keep tiny packets. Mm. And now there's an opportunity to spread out. So at least when we go and talk to you know, students and uh, youth and adults, we can give a hopeful match, message that livable cities are fighting and clawing back to include these elements because uh, people actually love nature. It's inherent in them. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes it a healthier place to live in. And I see cities around the world all getting onto this idea. Mm. So what we see in Singapore is hopefully what we're going to see around Southeast Asia in the next uh, half century. And the otters have helped change that perception, haven't they? We have to give our otter friends a lot of credit here because I, I personally believe they've encouraged more Singaporeans to get outdoors and appreciate what we have. Would that be fair? Oh my God, it's incredible because, you know, we're so built up, we don't know how rain gets to the sea, right? Mm. Uh, so when the otters suddenly turn up at um, botanical gardens, everyone's like, how do you get there? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he said, well, we actually <laughs> like, have yeah. a waterway and they start to figure it oh, out. Fantastic. And realize, oh, they swim up Singapore mm. River, go through Alexandra Canal, and then there's this network and they get to botanic gardens. Mm. So they're beginning to be so aware true. of their natural environment. Mm. And of course, you know, the, the otters are great ambassadors. I really feel sorry for like monitor lizards which have hung around. <laughs> they stuck with us. They never left. They were always here. Now they don't have the same love. It's yes. just not quite as sexy. I love monitor lizards. Yeah, I think they've got too. that real prehistoric yeah, quality, yeah. but yeah, otters are cuter. <laughs> Siva, how can we find out more about otters and about uh, volunteering to help clean up Singapore? So just have to Google Coastal Cleanup Singapore or Otter Watch Singapore, and then you'll find there's a whole network of people contributing. We're just the tip of the iceberg. And you know, the best thing to do is to go down and just watch them at Marina Bay. Uh, look for sightings the previous day. Mm. I know we say we have a lot of otters, but you can be wandering aimlessly around Marina Bay without finding one because <laughs> there are not that many. Right. Uh, so when you find out where they were the previous day, go back to that space. Mm. And very briefly, where, because I know we have, well, you haven't actually said, how many otters, otters families do we have in Singapore? Well, and also for the benefit of Singaporeans, where would be the best kind of places to spot them from a safe distance? So we think uh, it's somewhere around uh, 10 families, maybe 80 individuals. Uh, Marina Bay has a very good um, sighting opportunity, mm -hmm. uh, but Kalang Wave as well. Mm -hmm. So the two rivers mm -hmm. in the centre of the city, yeah, yeah. Kalang River and Singapore River. Mm -hmm. uh, and then places like Pongol and Halus, also Changi and Pasiris. Uh, Ulu Pandan uh, occasionally. Mm. So if you're a resident near a waterway, um, you can ask us on Facebook, uh, are there other families here? And we'll, we'll alert you when uh, we do see them. In the Facebook but, page? And that would be Otter Watch? Facebook page. Yeah, Otter Watch. Otter and there's city. a new, there's a new uh, Facebook page called Otter City. And it's full of magnificent um, 
uh, encounters with authors. In fact, I'm a little bit embarrassed because there's a global author uh, community page and it's embarrassingly full of Singapore authors. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed, be proud. I'm pr- oh. Do you know, some of these, all jokes aside, some of these postings on Otter City and uh, Otter Watch, they have like 100,000, in some cases, likes. They can be shared 50,000 times. I'm not wow. making this up. Wow. All over the world. We should be so proud of, the, of our mm. Otter families, really. Yeah. There was one day I was... Um, I went to the loo while auto watching, and then when I came out, I saw this pasty-faced couple sitting down, and they looked like the heat had got to them. And <laughs> then I just turned to them and I said, "Do you want to see otters?" And they said, "What otters?" And then they sort of panicky panicked and said, "Yes, yes." And then I dragged them over, and then they watched and they followed the family. And then later they told me they're from Ireland. <sighs> They not. They knew there were authors in the country. They did not see them, and they were so grateful. And, wow. and they had a bit of blood flowing through their cheeks, so they were wow. face to face. Well, what a privilege it's been to have uh, N. Siva Soti, the Ottoman of Singapore, senior lecturer with the Department of Biological Sciences at the National University of Singapore (NUS). Keep up the fight, Siva. Yes. It's brilliant to have you on the show. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me.